This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. All right, let's get into the Word. you want a Word today? I believe it's a Word that fits right in with where y'all are at. I believe you'll uh, grab right a hold of it. And really, this morning, I'm going to set a foundation for what we're going to do this evening. And so if you can get back this evening, that would be really good. But we'll give you the foundation and we'll see what God's going to do towards the end. I think there might be a little bit of ministry time as well. And so we're going to go ahead and, and look at expecting the glory. If you would, you can open up your Bibles to Philippians chapter 1. Or, or, or open up your smartphone or your, your, your tablet, whatever kind of gadget you're using to read the Word with. And I'll start out by asking you a few, few questions. How many of you know what it means to get your needs met through faith in the Word of God? Am I in the right place? Right? You, you all know about that. It's great to receive healing when you're sick. Awesome when God meets your financial needs in a supernatural way. A faith adventure to stand on the promises of God and step out of trouble and step right into victory. Now, as good as all those things are, I believe God has revealed in His Word that He's got something even better for us. Better than that? Yeah. It's a life so powerful it exceeds anything that you could ever ask or think. It's a life that's so full of light that when you walk in the door, darkness runs. Now, I know there's some religious people that would rather I didn't talk like that. I don't think any of them are in this place. But some of the religious crowd, as far as they're concerned, this life on earth is miserable and that's the way it's supposed to be. I mean, they only think that you can, you can have, you know, the good stuff. Well, that only comes once you die and go on to heaven. And see, I'm bringing this up because this is the same crowd that tries not to get your hopes up. You know, we don't want to get your hopes up because you never know what God's going to do. He works in mysterious ways. Sometimes He'll heal one of them, you know, one brother so-and-so, but then over here he doesn't, and you know, he's sovereign. You never know what he's going to do. Well, we do know what he's going to do. He gave us his word so we can find out what his will is. Amen? But see, these people, they don't want to get your hopes up, but I'll tell you what, my job this morning is to get your hopes up. I want your hope so high. Wow, that's a high ceiling. I want your, I want it going through the roof this morning. Amen. Now I'm talking about real Bible hope. I'm not talking about the kind that the world, you know, that weak wishy-washing, well, I hope so. That's just wishing it ain't hope at all. I'm talking about real Bible hope, the kind the Apostle Paul was talking about right here in Philippians 1. And we're going to read verse 19 and the first part of verse 20. And it says this, For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Verse 20, According to my earnest expectation and hope. Now hold up right there. Those terms, earnest expectation and hope, 
are actually coming from two Greek words. Both of them can be accurately translated as hope. And in fact, in other places in the Scripture, they both are translated as hope. I believe Paul put them together side by side because he was emphasizing a point. Amen? If you study these two words together, you'll find that they mean a confident expectation, a joyful anticipation of good, a strained expectancy and eager longing. They refer to an expectation that is so strong that it absorbs most all of your attention. And if you know how to live by faith, you've experienced this kind of hope. For example, maybe you were sick in your body and you set your hope on the fact that according to Isaiah 53 verses 4 and 5, surely he has borne my sickness and carried my pain and by his stripes I'm healed. See, you begin to think on that. You begin to confess that, say that, meditate on that and other healing scriptures until you built an inner image of yourself healed. As that image became more crisp and clear, you begin to expect You begin to hope for that image to become a physical reality. Eventually, your faith grew and produced a harvest. It put substance to that internal image until it became an external reality. What you did was activate the process of Hebrews 11.1 that says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. See, the word sown into your heart plants faith. Faith then grows and matures. At the same time, hope is keeping it focused. Hope is keeping your faith on the right, on the right path until your faith grows up to the point where it can actually bring that harvest in. Amen? See, that spiritual process always works the same way. Hope forms the image, then faith grows up and gives substance to that image. Now, I said all of that Gave you a little uh, mini faith lesson. I said all of that to ask you this question. In light of all that God has promised you and me, you know all the promises in the Word, what are you and I to expect? What are you and I to be hoping for? What inner image should be so consuming that it's almost all that we can see? Now go with me to Romans chapter 5. You see, because healing is great, financial supply, wonderful, but could it be that God has got something even more important for us to fix our hope on? Well, I believe He does. And I believe we can find it right here in Romans chapter 5. Romans 5, we're going to read verses 1 and 2 where it says this, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, Verse 2, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And rejoice or uh, rejoice in hope or rejoice in expectation of the glory of God. We're to rejoice in the hope or to rejoice in the expectation of what? Of the glory. So now listen, we're to expect the glory, not just the healing. We're to be expecting the glory, not just financial increase. See, if you're expecting the glory, you're actually raising your spiritual sights a little higher than just yourself. 
See, it's great to receive healing when you need healing. It's awesome when God supplies your need financially in a supernatural way. But yet God is expecting us to raise our sights a little bit higher. And He is expecting us to, to start hoping for His glory to flow through us to meet the needs of other people. He's wanting us so full of the glory that we walk into a room and people get healed without us even praying for them. Amen. See, when we raise our sights to that level, we'll actually start doing the same things that Jesus did when He was walking the earth. And didn't He say we were supposed to do that? I believe He said, and these works shall you do also, and greater works shall you do, because I'm going off to my Father. See, when we begin to expect the glory, we'll actually start living like what we really are, joined heirs with Christ. Now, I say joint heir, that's different than co-heir. See, if you're a co-heir, that just means the inheritance got divided up into everybody that's, that's, that's involved with it. No, you're a joint heir. What's that mean? Everything Christ inherited, everything Jesus inherited, you receive as well. Hallelujah. Where do you expect the glory? Amen. But now, what do we mean by glory? See, it's kind of hard to put into words. But God gives us glimpses of it all the way through the Bible. First time glory is mentioned is in the book of Genesis, and it's referring to the wealth of God. So according to the law of first reference, God's glory must include His wealth. And of course, Philippians 4.19 confirms that idea. And my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So God's glory includes His wealth, but it's so much more than that. The Holman Bible Dictionary defines the glory of God as the weighty importance and shining majesty that accompanies God's presence. And so the word glory literally means heavyweight and has been defined to mean heavy laden with everything that is good. Listen, God is heavy with every good thing that you could ever want or need. He's so heavy with healing that if everybody in the world needed healing at the same time and went and asked God for healing at the same time, nobody would have to wait because God got tired or He ran out of healing power. No, He is heavy with healing. Amen. But again, just what is this glory? See, in the book of Exodus, God's glory could be seen going before the children of Israel during the night as a fire. And during the daytime is a pillar of cloud for a covering. Habakkuk saw God's glory and he described it like lightning, like shafts of splendor that streamed from his hands. I kind of like that image. Uh, God just goes, and lightning like splendor just flowing. I, I like that. Ezekiel saw God in his glory and he described him this way. He said he was a fire from the loins up and he was a fire from the loins down. That pretty much covers him. I think he was wearing a belt. (laughs) Amen. The fire of God is called the glory. The wind of God is called the glory. The vapor, the cloud, the smoke of God, that's called the glory. The fullness of God is called the glory. The manifest presence of God, that's called the glory. It's all the glory because it refers to the supernatural life and essence of God. It's even been said that the glory is the very power that makes God God. 
Now, at this point, somebody might be thinking, well, now, wait a minute. I mean, isn't that kind of glory reserved just for God? Well, not according to the Bible. In fact, Psalms chapter 8 and verse 5 tells us that in the beginning, man was crowned with that very glory. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, they weren't just walking around naked, at least not to begin with. God had crowned him, them, with the same fire and light that covers God himself. Do you know what it means to crown? It means to anoint. And so picture this. The Father God, he came down into the garden in the cool of the day. He put his hands on their heads and anointed them. He crowned them with the same fire and light that clothes himself. And so Adam and Eve, they weren't, they weren't just naked out there standing against the elements that way. No, they were clothed with the same fire and light that clothed God himself. Amen. Now go with me to Romans 6. See, that glory was lost to mankind when Adam and Eve sinned. See, most people know that. But what most people don't realize is that access to this glory was restored when Jesus was resurrected. Romans 6, verse 4. Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, everybody say, even so. Even so, we also should walk in newness of life. Well, what's it mean, even so? Well, it means by the same glory that raised Christ from the dead, that same glory that raised Christ from the dead, even so, that same glory is how you should be walking in this life. So the scripture is saying then that we should be walking in the glory. Well, what's that like? Well, we get glimpses of it by looking at Peter in the, in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 5, I think it's around verse 15, where it says that they brought the sick people out into the streets on beds and couches so that if Peter walked by, and it's saying that, it, that it, if he got close enough to him for his shadow to fall on him, they'd get healed. Well, I'm fairly, I'm pretty much convinced it wasn't Peter's shadow that was healing people. It was this force field of glory that was surrounding Peter, and possibly it was even seen, possibly it was even visible by some as a shadow, as a cloud, as some smoke. Now, I've, I've been in some meetings before with, with Dr. Hagen before he passed over to the other side. <laughs> he called them Holy Ghost meetings. And wow, were they. But they were glory meetings. Because in these meetings, there's times when the glory of God would come in, and sometimes you could see it, vapor, cloud kind of thing. Other times you couldn't actually see the vapor or the cloud, but you could see the effect. I mean, it just kind of go through the whole auditorium, and you just see it manifesting as it went through the auditorium. Times when when Brother Hagin would just kind of wave his hand across the auditorium and whole sections would fall out under the power of God. I'm talking hundreds of people at the same time. Bam! And at the same time, there was people getting healed of amazing things. Nobody's praying for them. Nobody's laying hands on them. They're getting healed because the glory of God is in manifestation. See, so what does it look like? Well, it looks kind of like that. 
<laughs> Amen. It looks kind of like when Smith Wigglesworth, you know, he, he's been dead for quite a while, but he was, he was the apostle of faith in, in, in England. And there's stories about him going on to a train, you know, and he's just walking in the glory. And he'd sit down in a train compartment, you know, and there's other people in there. And he's not said a word. He's just sat down and suddenly these people, these other people begin to shake. They begin to tremble. And then they fall on their knees and say, what must I do to be saved? What was that? It was the glory of God. See, it looks kind of like that. (laughs) That's what God put hope in you and me to expect. The glory. Not just our own healing, not just our own financial increase. Those things are good and they're available to us, but God wants us to lift our expectations higher than that. He wants us to expect the glory and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God because there's people all around us that need a touch of that power. They need a touch of His healing. They need to be saved. They need to be set free. There's nations out there, tribal groups out there, that centuries they've been bound in darkness, worshiping trees and rocks, Hindu gods and Buddha and Islam. and They're so bound up. Well, what's it going to take for them to get their eyes open? It's going to take us. It's going to take believers so full of the glory of God they just walk into a room and supernatural stuff starts happening. And they say, what is that? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> this is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. This is the same power that will raise you from spiritual death to spiritual life. Would you like to receive it right here, right now? They will. Glory to God. See, this is part of the strategy that God has for these end time days because He's wanting a harvest. And He wants it to be huge. You know how I know he wants it to be huge? Because there's 7.5 billion people living on the planet right now. More people living right now than have lived all through history until this point in time right now. Now that's a little hard to wrap your thinking around. More people alive now than have lived in the past. That's true. You can Google it. That's what I did. (laughs) Why, Why is that? Because God wants a harvest. It's His design. You know, here's my conclusion. I concluded a while ago that God really loves people. (laughs) I mean, He really loves people. He wants a huge family. That's why there's so many people living right now. He wants this big harvest. And I'll tell you something else about our Father. He's the best farmer there ever was. And He planted, He sowed His best seed into this earth. He sowed His only begotten Son into this earth and He's expecting a huge harvest to come out of that. He's not going to be satisfied with a piddly little harvest. No, man, He's a good farmer. He's going to have a bumper crop right here at the end. And part of His strategy is to get us so full of the glory of God that we're just walking in it like Peter was. Like Smith Wigglesworth was. Like Brother Kenneth E. Hagin was. Amen. Beyond what we can see. And if you'll lift your expectations and start believing for other people. You know, Jesus, there was twice in the Gospels that he considered somebody having great faith. Both of them were Gentiles. Neither one of them were Jews. 
Both of them were Gentiles, and both of them were using their faith for somebody else. Great faith. <laughs> well, that's what he's wanting us to do. He's wanting us to go ahead and, and grow faith till it's great and use it to impact those that are lost and dying all around us. He's wanting us to walk in the glory. Now, here's a newsflash. The glory of God's not just way off in heaven somewhere. It's also in... Now, it is up there. Don't get me wrong. I mean, can you imagine <laughs> how glorious heaven is? It's just shining, man. But it's not just up there. It's also in you and in me. Amen. Now, how can that be? Well, it's a mystery that Paul talks about in Colossians chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. Let me just read it to you. Colossians 1, 26 and 27. He says, The mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. Verse 27. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, do you realize what this is saying? It's saying that Christ is in you, and He's the hope of glory, and so that means the glory of God is within you. The glory of God's in you. The love of God is in you. Jesus even said that the very kingdom of God is on the inside of you. All of that was put in you when you were first born again, and it ought to be flowing out of you to the lost and dying that are all around you. Well, why isn't it? See, a pause for dramatic effect. Why isn't it? Now, I used to just leave it there, and my wife said, man, now that's just too harsh. You're going to have to lighten that up a little bit. <laughs> I need her, yeah. And see, why we could say it a little bit differently. Why aren't we seeing a higher level of it? Why aren't we seeing more of it? See, because every time that you witness to Jesus, about Jesus to some lost person, it's there. The glory of God's flowing right there. Every time you're ministering to a sick person, it's there. That glory is there and it's being ministered to that person. But what I'm talking about is increasing it. You know, and if you've never done any of those kind of things, it's time. <laughs> it's time to tell others about what Jesus has done for you. It's time to go ahead and lay hands on the sick and see them recover. The Bible says that every believer can do that. These signs shall follow those who believe. You need to check out, man. Any signs following me? I need to. These signs will follow those who believe. What signs are that? Well, it's speaking in other tongues, laying hands on the sick. And away we go. And so, whenever you're doing any of those kind of things, the glory is flowing, but we need, we need to have it more. And so, we're going to look at several factors involved, and tonight we'll look into another factor. This morning, I'm just looking at developing our expectancy for it. And then I believe we're going to minister in it. Because, see, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Right now, your expectancy is getting up there, and faith is, is growing in you. And we're going to go ahead and, and minister some things. And you might say, well, what are you going to minister? Well, what do you need? 
Because the glory of God is heavy with everything that you could ever want or need. Do you need healing? Great. Do you, do you need financial increase? Great. It's all in the glory. And see, God loves us all so much, He's willing to go ahead and use that glory to get you healed, to get you financially prosperous. And He's thinking at the same time, I'm training these guys. I'm going to get them trained up so that they can go ahead and be a source of that glory for somebody else. So I think that's where we're going this morning. I'm going to tip my hand. And tonight we'll look at another factor involved with increasing it in our lives. See, because an important factor, what we've been talking about already, I believe we've never really developed the expectancy for the glory to be a manifestation. Now, we've talked about it. We've said, yes, amen, the glory of God's going to cover the earth like the water covers the sea. Yes, amen. And then we just sat down, anytime, God, anytime you want to open the windows of heaven and pour out the glory, I'll tell you what, I'll get under the spout where the glory's coming out. God, just go ahead, oh, open the windows, pour it out, I'll get right under it. And it's like we've been waiting on God, and this whole time God's been waiting on us. He's been saying to us, you know, if you would start using what you already got, I'll go ahead and give you more. You know, I had an instructor at Rhema years ago, and he used to say this a lot. He'd say, if God can get it through you, he'll get it to you. <laughs> Man, he said it a lot. <laughs> That's why it's in me. <laughs> and it's true. We're waiting on God, and he's been up there going, Man, if y'all had just... It's in you. The glory of God's on the inside of you. If you just start flowing in it, I'll give you some more. I'll go ahead and open up the windows of heaven and it'll pour out and whoo-hoo, you'll have yourselves a glorious time. See, we've clearly seen the glory of God is within us. So it's going to manifest when we build our hope for it, when we actually develop a confident expectation of it flowing through us then faith will release the glory from the inside of us where we can't see it to the outside where the manifestation of it can be seen by everybody. This will happen when we give faith something to substance of hope. We need to expect the glory. Now, like I said, there's other factors involved and we'll look into the other factors this evening. But right now, I believe that y'all have gotten your hope up. <laughs> and what's hope? It's a confident expectation. And what are we talking about? We're talking about the very glory of God, the very substance and power that raised Jesus up from the dead. God's wanting that to flow through us. He's wanting us to be vessels of that to other people. But He'll also go ahead and give us what we need in it. You know, here, here's, here's what I've discovered. If we'll go ahead and lift our sights higher, expect the glory, get in faith for the glory, then all the stuff that you need, well, it's in the glory. Healing is in the glory. Prosperity is in the glory. Anything that you need, anything that you want, above what you can even ask or think, the glory's heavy with it. So if you'll go ahead and expect Expect that glory to flow through you to other people. You'll get your healing. You'll get your finances. You know, 
We need to develop our faith for stuff other than stuff. I mean, God allows us to use our faith to get stuff, and it's training ground. He's wanting us to go ahead and then use that same principle of faith to get others, get other people's stuff. <laughs> to get other people healed. To get other people set free. To get people saved. To go out there and reach the tribes. Because once those tribes come in, the, the scripture says in Matthew 24, 14, after this gospel has been preached in all the world as a witness amongst all the nations, Word nations is coming from the Greek word ethos, and it means people group, language group. Then it says, then the end will come. Now, you don't have to, you don't hardly have to be awake to know that we are in the end. <laughs> I mean, there are signs. Woo, woo, woo. Earthquakes and volcanoes and wars and rumors of wars and uh, uh, Iran hooking up with Russia and down into Syria. I mean, hello! But the end is not coming until, I mean, what's he waiting for? He's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. He's waiting for every one of these tribes to come in. And so that's his ultimate goal. That's why we need to go ahead and expect the glory, but while we're in that process, that glory will heal you. That glory will bless you. That glory will get you what you're thinking, what you're needing. Amen. That same glory will get people saved. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.